You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner. College football season to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, I may add, uh, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this now. Limited time offer. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what, head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odd boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Everybody, welcome to episode 71 of season two uh, of Red Wings Raid. Wow, I really screwed that up. I, I got to get used to our new theme song and video that y'all been clamoring for uh, until we get a bunch of mentions that everybody wants the old one back. Uh, That's going to be me. I'm going to be adding you. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to discuss uh, the Jakob Rana signing, uh, an update from the uh, Elias Pettersson uh offer sheet world and uh i guess really that's it um yeah this is the fun this is the fun way to do these episodes uh because we got yeah. we got all that darn business out of the way already and we could just jump right in and start yapping and uh it's the dog days of the off season man uh we yeah just I, sit around and wait to hear what happens when a gm and a player go in a quiet room and we don't know what comes out except for a little bit of money am i right uh matt i feel like uh Hey, Brennan. Is it Brennis? Brennis. Brennis. Yeah, that's what I. That's how I pronounce it. How you doing, Brennis? Um, man, I, I feel like we won again. Um, Verona getting fifteen over three years, uh, five mil. I feel like this is um, kind of you know kind of even a little bit lower. Uh, I feel like he could have maybe pushed for six or seven. And I feel like if we did the one year arbitration. He might have uh, done a prove-it deal, um, performed really well. We would have had to pay him a lot of money. Instead, we've, uh, we went for the, oh, we'll call it uh, um, relatively speaking long-term deal, right? Because we're not giving him that opportunity. Instead, we're going to give him a reasonable $5 million for three years. Um, I, if, as a Red Wing fan, I think you've got to be ecstatic. Um, as the GM, I think you have to be ecstatic looking at that cap sheet. 
And as an Illich, I think you're also ecstatic uh, that you're not burning up all your money on uh, a couple players. And you still got room to, uh, who knows, Matt, drop a one-year $16 million offer on a certain Patterson from uh, Vancouver. Matt, how you feeling? Uh, well, I know like we're dancing right now because of that contract and I even pulled up, this is hilarious. I, I just realized I pulled up the wrong gra- or uh, table that I made earlier today, but it was, um, basically sorting the league in points per 60 over the last, uh, three seasons. And, uh, our good boy, Jakob Verana is, uh, number 22. Uh, but what I filtered out later was anybody who had less than a thousand minutes of ice time, which, uh, would at least put you know, everybody under like a, a, a portion of a season. Um, and that actually put Verona at the 15th slot. So uh, here, here's the representation with nothing filtered out. Still quite impressive considering how many uh, NHLers uh, we have out there and uh, rank 22. I I mean, this is only the, the first one. This is the first tease because the second, the second graph is way more fun because uh, it's actually our goals per 60. And um, you could probably put out some guesses as, as to who would be at the top of that. Of course, um, I mean, I, I guess I could just spoil it or I could just pull it up. But number number one is Austin Matthews. Wow. And this, of course, is the last three seasons. And uh, our good boy, Jakob Verana, you, you could see it on the table here. This is all coming from Evolving Hockey. This is uh, 18 to 21. Um, the 1.51 goals per 60. We're not talking about expected goals, Mike. We're not talking about you know, our Corsi here. We're talking about out of all <laughs> the entire league in the NHL, the last three seasons, where is Jakob Verona ranked? There you go. And again, uh, if anybody has uh, some differing opinions or facts, uh, this comes straight from Evolving Hockey. Oh, Mike, guess what? There's our dad. He loves hey. us. Hey. We're the best podcasters out there. See? Aww. See, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> that's where all our views come from. Our loving yeah, we didn't even we didn't even have to pay him for that. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, I well, I I paid. I didn't uh, pay him. Oh, <laughs> um, Fethdar also here. What's up, Fethdar? How you doing? But yeah, like here's the thing. We're we're more or less just like going. Oh boy, look look what we look what we get uh, to play listen, with. Man, are we? I think we're cooking the books a little bit, right? Because Verona doesn't have that many goals, uh, because he hasn't quite. Aww. Look at Brennan. Oh, thanks, thanks Brennan. Brennan, you're not our dad's burner account, are you? <laughs> it still counts, even if you yeah, are. Yeah, it still curious. counts. Um, I mean, we're cooking the books a little bit, right? Because Verona hasn't quite earned that ice time to to get that kind of number. But, but that's why you play the. That's why we're playing the points per sixty game, right? So we did you we, steal the spreadsheet from uh, God? It, it, let me tell you, it, it wasn't from Brana's agent because I would have pushed this to Steve Eiserman and said, see, maybe six, maybe seven. Maybe right. One. And that's the crazy thing is we just got this guy that's produced so well. And think about, I mean, I guess if you're playing like second or third line minutes, sure, the first argument you make is he, he might not be playing up to the top level of defensive competition on the other team because that would go to the first line. Right. Uh, but his the talent around him, has taken a step down, correct? I mean, we know Washington had a stack, a loaded enough team that they went and and won a Stanley Cup. But I mean, this is just look at the numbers. We're, I mean, we're Red Wings fans here, so of course, you know, it's, if I see this, I'm not going to talk myself out of this being a fun number to look at. 
but I also, you know, I, I recognize the fact that, um, oh, I just realized I don't have my lights on in my room right now. It's scary in there. Yeah. yeah. I, I do recognize the fact that, you know, we can't necessarily expect everything to translate as his role changes because then he will be facing tougher defensive matchups. What happens when the guy's ice time increases? You can't just say, well, he's getting more ice time. So this 1.51 goals per 60 is just going to make him the most elite the second most elite goal scorer in the league right now. Right. We know, we no, know that's um, not going to happen. I would say to um, – Let me go turn a light on. I, th- I, think we're, I think we're aware there's a little bit of uh, – I'm going to use that phrase again uh, – book cooking going on, right? But when they, when Jakob uh, graced his way into our, our Red Wing fan, you know, hearts and souls, eyeball test, we were kind of like, wow – I can't believe Washington just kind of got rid of this guy because he looks pretty damn impressive to us. So if you want to have a little a little more ammunition than just an eyeball test, you can at least, you know, point to, you know, graph, you know, a statistic that maybe, you know, could be a, a touch misleading. But, I mean, he, he passed the eyeball test and maybe he, did, maybe he did just need a chance and maybe he did just need a little more ice time. And maybe he did just need to grow up and turn 25, 26, 27 like he's going to be doing for us. So, yeah, Mike, why, why, why would the Capitals uh, give us a couple of draft picks and a Jakob Verana, who's younger, trending in a better direction than Anthony Mantha for an Anthony Mantha? You'd have to ask them why why they were comfortable doing that. I don't know. (laughs) I was so excited that you started asking that question, and I was like, I have the perfect. That is drop of a lifetime. (laughs) You'd have to ask them why why they were comfortable doing that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Steve, with uh, just you know, he's a treasure trove. Of uh... <laughs> we if need that, to get the one where he's know, where he's yelling that, at uh, Ansar Khan. If, if being a GM doesn't work out, he would be a fantastic telemarketer. Because I don't know what he says to these guys on the phone that makes him just buy everything he's selling, but it's working. <laughs> All right. Last one I put together here was uh, just another illustration of, um, I guess, how go- not only how good Jakob Verana has done, but comparatively with uh, contracts that have been issued over the last, uh, this is actually taking like the last six, uh, six or seven years from Cap Friendly. So they're comparing age of the player. Uh, when this contract was signed, like at what point in the player's career is this contract signed and uh, w- where's their production level? And you can see our boy Jakob Verana is the farthest to the right, furthest to the right uh, in regards to measuring points per 60. So anybody who's um, not watching us on YouTube, this is what you're missing out on. Uh, but he's he's sort of in this realm of like, you got to pay for it to get the production because you've got uh, uh, Bjorkstrand, Bushnevich, uh, Andre Burakovsky over there uh, to the right, even though Burakovsky comes at a much cheaper price. Uh, and and to the far left, Mike, so we're talking the least amount of points per 60 and the second highest <laughs> cap hit AAV. Out of yeah. all of these comparable players, according to Cap Friendly, is Anthony Manta. So it's just, it's it's another, I mean, I, I could play this all day. You'd have to ask them why, why they were comfortable doing that. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it just it feels really good right now um it's it's a good contract in the, in the last little ditty i did an eight minute recording trying to figure out 
you know, did uh, Verano win this? Because we saw like the difference that the the two sides were at. Uh, Elliot Friedman treated, uh, tweeted that uh, the Red Wings were offering three point six five million, and then Verano was asking for five point seven, which is what uh, Mantha's at. And you kind of go, well, maybe that was the connection they made, and I that would not have been an overpayment in any way. I think I think you're right. When you said the Verona party probably should have been in the six range, <laughs> they're taking a look at all these statistics. I, I think they could have gone into that arbitration and said, uh, "Look, look at these, look at the goals per sixty. Come on, <laughs> what else do we have to say?" And and it's not even like just this element of uh, you know if somebody wanted to clap back and and throw out the defensive. Um, at least analytically, the defensive lapses that uh, Verona has in his game, or the deficiencies, I should say. Um, here's the thing: like goals are the thing that sells jerseys. All right, goals gets you on Sports Center. Goals makes you famous, makes your team popular. Not defense. So, if anything, there's more value in Jakob Verona, and and I think this this is true. I think most people who are following the NHL uh, as often as we do would already agree when you look around the league and look at contracts, <clears throat> those two-way players just don't make as much money as, as your super-duper stars. So yeah. that, you know, I don't know what an arb, what the arbitrator, Arbit- arbiter, arbiter, arbiter? <laughs> the arbiter, yeah. isn't that yeah. a ship in a video game? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the arbit- arbiter would have thought of that comment unless, uh, you know, they really are realistic with it and they're like, well, maybe everybody else is just getting overpaid. Um, so who knows, who knows where they would have gone with that, but that, that at least it actually was the... uh arbitrator An arbiter is actually a character in the video game Halo. So we were, close. Oh, I called, I said it was a video game ship. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, can I, I just throw in one more, uh, I know we like, you know, tugging Iserman and, uh, for good reason, but I, I really like the way he's, um, kind of restructured, um, cap sheets. Uh, for NHL teams, because I think you could go to NHL.com, you know, a day or two in unrestricted, unrestricted free agency, look at the deals that are signed, and you see a lot of monster four, five, six, seven, eight-year commitments. And somehow Steve keeps getting these guys <laughs> one year, two year, and now Verona on a three-year deal. And it's going to include his, you know, his prime seasons. I would love to see the NHL get to the point where it does, um, you know, something a little bit more like the NBA where, you know, you're not doing, you know, like baseball still has those 10, 10 year deals, you know, we're in Detroit, we're about to say, you know, the goodbye to Cabrera and his monster mortgage. Um, I don't really want it to be the NFL either where it's, you know, cutthroat. And if you're, you're one injury away from being unemployed, I, I do want a little protection for the player. Um, but yeah, I, I like to, I like to think that Iserman is again, just, you know, um, uh, King style paving the road for everybody else where it's just a smarter way to invest in everybody. Um, you know, you, you know, you can still prove it. Um, you know, uh, maybe you're, maybe you're Verona and you're making 5 million for a couple of years and you want to get to a point where um, you can start earning some more and instead of being stuck at a salary that you maybe negotiated, you know, five, six, seven years ago, um, now he's going to have another, you know, opportunity to negotiate, uh, you know, and he's 27, 28. So that's, it's, it just seems like an attractive idea to, you know, to both, both parties. Um, as a player, if you were injury prone, I could see you, you know, wanting to have a little more security, 
but outside of those instances, like as, as somebody who, you know, would want to, you know, potentially get more money, earn more money, show your worth. I, I think guys have been doing something really cool and I, I hope it, I hope it continues. I hope other people start doing that. And it just becomes uh, the norm uh, for NHL team building, man. Well, we've got Steve on the line right now. And with all the success he's had in these last couple of years of building this uh, success, you know, a, a very flexible cap and uh, roster situation, I was just wondering what he thinks, why the NHL uh, isn't following suit. Why aren't the rest of the GMs pulling a, an Iser plan? Steve? You'd have to ask them why, why they were comfortable doing that. I don't know. It's, again, Steve, one one track here. Uh, the only thing on his mind right now. Um, sorry, uh, while you were summing up everything that uh, Steve is doing so far and what a great job he's doing, yeah, we have uh, uh, Todd, the Super Ginger. Hey, Super Ginger. <laughs> what up, guys? Like always, always been a Wings fan, been a, ho- uh, uh, been to Hockey Town a handful of times. Just recently uh, started getting into hardcore. Uh, ooh, I hope uh, – are we still talking about hockey? Uh, what do you guys think are realistic expectations for this year? Um, I will say, uh, if if you go back uh, one episode or two episodes, one episode, uh, we took a look at uh, the Jay Fresh uh, War roster builder model, and uh, I gave a lot of credit to that. Uh, Mike uh, missed that episode, so Mike might feel lost right now as I'm talking about it and saying in our last episode. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> So here's here's what I said is you you take the the war roster builder and um, the 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 margins for uh, like a replaceable player which war is that um, uh, you know how many wins you get ab- above uh, a replacement player so those positive players are getting you more wins you're you're you know the Red Wings we've seen over the last couple of years are, are losing you wins but it's still a very close margin. So what he built out for us was a 78-point model. And with that 78-point model, we saw, um, you know, the likes of Giovanni Smith, Joe Valeno have no score. We could see Lucas Raymond, Moritz Siders on there, no score. Those are guys that could definitely add to this team. So that 78 points is based off of performances over the last three years and, uh, you know, a bunch of different weighted averages for different things you could do, including uh, just – getting the puck into the zone kind of thing and, and getting shots on net. Like it's, it's um, could be as simple as that to give you a better war. And what I said, based on all those guys, not having a score is that that best case scenario puts us in, you know, you, you could look at plus or minus five points looking at that war model, I think is a, a, a reasonable thing to do. And um you know, I mean, right there, that's that's 83 points. Um, I also talked about in the last episode that the lowest point total to get a team into the playoffs uh, was 90, and I think that wasn't even that wasn't even in a, a completed season. Now that I, I I'm going back and thinking about those stats, I was rattling off the top of my head. Um, so, I mean, 83 doesn't get us there, but of course, that's an improvement, and uh, I, I think it at least lends to the idea that uh, we're going to have a lot more fun this year, more competitive games. We're just probably going to lose out. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, it, it, yeah. I, I mean, it just, it just hurts because we're, we're, we've got that top, that top line is one of the best in the league war wise. Uh, if, even if we do the, the Dylan Larkin, uh, Bertuzzi and Verona setup, up um, war wise, it actually is up there uh, in the top half of the league. 
So they're going to keep us competitive, but it's it's the bottom nine that we just aren't sure of. And where I make the comment that we could go up from that point projection uh, because we don't have those players properly measured. I said plus or minus five. Mike, they could send us screaming down too. These are guys without a lot of experience. So it it's safe to say that they could get tired throughout the season. Like they, they might not have, um, you know, they might, they just might not be ready to make that transition yet, which is fine because a lot of these guys that we're talking about shoot, they just don't have the time in there. But I, I guess that's where I say 78 points, I think is pretty realistic. And that plus or minus five is going to lend for more cider playing his nuts off um, and some injuries as well. So plus or minus five, we could take that dip. We could go up. That's that's where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. Um, I expect to see a bottom third of the league team um, in the lottery. But it's a significant upgrade from the season before because it's going to be a, a much more watchable um, product. Um, I, you know, you're going to get to see Mo Sider debut um, and, and probably play pretty well based on the projections. Um, Bernier, we on this show we're huge fans of his, and somehow, Bernier. oh, go ahead. Hold on. And somehow our MVP is gone. Oh, and it looks gosh, like yeah. we statistically, statistically found an upgrade in Nadalkovich. So sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I was just like, oh, Bernier's not on the team, and the, right in the middle of your point. I'm so sorry. Uh, that's all right, asshole. Anyway, um, asshole. <laughs> you're also going to see, you know, a team that's not going to be leaning on, you know, the Glenn Dennings and the Helms in the bottom nine, right? We're going to be rolling the dice on young guys. So I don't, I don't think you should expect a lot of wins, and I think that's okay. Uh, we've we've had a lot of our guests come on, um, Ken Cal's, the McCarty's, um, come on and just say, "Got to be patient," and we're going to have to be patient this year. It's going to be, you know, a lot of. We're still waiting to get a top line center. Uh, we're still waiting on Pedersen to accept our one year sixteen million dollar offer. But it's gonna be it's gonna be the team that you have probably tweeted about. It's gonna be the team that you probably, you know, uh, social media about in some capacity, right? We were like, why aren't they playing the kids? Well now the kids are a little bit older and to the point where they can, you know, be on a third or fourth line, right? They're not so young that they're, you know, if they get called up, their their confidence is just going to go in the trash because, you know, uh, they're not in a, in a in an environment that's going to, you know, help them um, like expand their skills, right? They're 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 going to be on their heels on eggshells, and now we're getting to the point where we can kind of throw them in the fire, but it's a manageable fire. So I think it's going to be a really watchable product, even if they don't win. It's going to be competitive. You're going to get to see those young kids you keep reading about and hearing about. Um, Tristan, how are you, bud? Um, yeah, but instead of just hearing about how well these kids are playing overseas, I think you're finally going to get to see some games of them in the NHL going against NHL talent, and it's it's going to be a fun season, even if it doesn't translate to a lot of victories. We had a very interesting um... – episode of uh woodward what's the woodward show called uh, that the red wings and the tigers it's like a joint youtube show anyway oh the word on woodward <laughs> uh jeff had a fun comment that i totally forgot i wanted to throw in the show but we can we can save it but um jeff totally threw steve under the bus and painted this picture of hey i i, I like the look 
I like the look of all these these kids. I, I think they look great. I think they could fit on the team. Uh, but if I tell Steve I want to play them eight minutes because uh, I want to see what they look like before I give them give them a full go, he's going to say no, and he's not going to bring them over. And I, I was just like, oh, fuck, Jeff. Jeff coming out trying to save his job. <laughs> Steve under the bus going, hey, I, I wanted to play. I wanted to play only kids. But Steve, Steve said, I got to follow Steve. So if you guys want to be men, be men at Steve. And I, a very, very interesting um, little ditty there that uh, Jeff. I don't know if that saved his job, but I think it did save face for him publicly. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that definitely fucked him over for his job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we got a few other nuggets here. Um, Just yeah, uh, we could could run through these pretty quick because Steve has has two jobs left, Mike. He's got the Hirona contract to finish well, up and got, Adam Ernie. He's got three jobs. We're right. We'll get into the third job in a second. So yeah. um, Hironic project, uh, projected to go between 3.5 and 4 million and Adam Ernie projected to go 1.5 to 1.8 million. So pretty razor thin margin. That's really going to hurt us. Anyway, it goes, now let's, let's just say we go, you know, the, the four and the 1.8 uh, Mike, that's going to leave us with 15 million left on the cap. Uh, for our next segment of the show, man. we're per- we're kicking up the production value. Mike, yeah, let's see it. Patterson offer sheet. Watch. <laughs> All right, this is uh, this is like become... uh, like when the levees broke, like breaking news. You know, that is that is exactly what I looked up. Uh, breaking news song. Um, so Mike, we have um. I don't know, not breaking anymore, but we have an update at least uh, from Mr. Pedersen. Um, get, was in an interview earlier today I'll and uh, was, <laughs> right, and was uh, discussing the uh, at least the negotiation negotiations with the Canucks. Um, so I'll just jump in here for anybody who hasn't seen it um, on on how the negotiations are going. Uh, here's Elias. My agents do all the talking with the Canucks, and then they inform me about what's going on. Right now, we're not in agreement, but I'm not worried uh, that we're going to solve. I'm not worried we're going to solve it eventually. Both parties need to be happy in order to find a solution. Uh, I'm not worried about that. On what kind of deal he'd prefer. I want to stay there. Now. (laughs) I'm reading. I'm I'm emphasizing it like that. Uh, But I also want to play for a team that's winning. And has the chance to go far in the playoffs every year. I feel like we've got a chance to do that next year. If we have that chance uh, when my next deal expires, I don't know. I just want to play where there's a chance of winning. So, Mike, there's a few different ways to interpret this. First way. Well, when you say he, winning. Yeah. Can we be flexible on that part? How about <laughs> what if the key to our wins is you being on the team? How do you feel about that? It's... It, it, is winning or will be winning? Is that yeah, we're gonna do it soon? <laughs> Here's uh yeah, North Motos here. Elias to Detroit because why not? What Mike, I you missed it in the last episode when I was playing with the war roster builder. Yeah. Uh when you put Pedersen on that first line, there are only two other lines in the NHL who rank higher in a wins above replacement uh stat than what Verana, Pedersen, and Bertuzzi would net us and that is the perfection line from boston and then nylander matthew matthews and marner from toronto so 
why not? Um, there's definitely the why is there uh, because it would make, I mean, we'd have the top, we'd have the third best first line in the league. And I mean, come on, who, who doesn't want that? Right. I think um, he was getting at the idea that it was far fetched, but the Red Wings have the cap space and Red Wings have Red Wing draft picks, which as we know, the past couple of seasons are uh, deep in the lottery uh, with really good odds and in our defense, we know that the ping pong balls are not our friend. So I think at some point, Steve, just fuck it. Just put them in. Just get rid of them. What did we say it was? Was it two firsts, a second, and a third for what we'd have to offer? Uh, I mean, so we're in the range of dealing the $15 million, So uh, we're probably talking four well, that's, firsts. Okay, that's pie <laughs> in the sky. Hopefully we don't have to go that far. But... <laughs> But uh, yeah, if we if we were doing our more reasonable offer, which I will say, I'll, I'll give the Vancouver Canucks fans credit, uh, they came at our YouTube video hard Ooh. and let us know that we were off by about uh, three million, I guess. So where we were offering ten, uh, they think that Vancouver has another three to play with. Um, wow. I did have to clap back a couple of times because we did uh, we did include at least um, like. Um, Freeland's contract that's not being counted right now but uh yeah we we a bit uh, the idea is that there's guys on the team that'll be sent down to the minors so these eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar contracts are really going to add up somehow and make a bunch of room for um <laughs> for Patterson. and then they won't need to fill those roster spots they'll just they'll just skate like nine guys so it'll be fine um <laughs> <laughs> no, so I mean, we we put Elias Pettersson in the title of this episode, so I'm certain that uh, they'll be coming back to let us know how they feel about this quote. Um, I I really I I see this like I said I see this going two ways. One is that uh, he's not really happy with the Canucks, and two, if anything, there might be a, a shot at him in a few years because he might just settle for a bridge deal. This might just be a couple of years, get him, get him to that unrestricted free agency and then he'll really earn some dough. It's just gotta be one of those things. If Steve came to play and dropped the big cash and he, he could say, you don't need that bridge deal. I got you. I, we believe in you in Detroit. Let's we, go get a playoff we, spot. We went over it. Um, uh, I think a week ago, what it would take. Um, with what we'd have to offer, it'd probably be what? Um, yeah, I gotta like go seven. Back. Is that eight figures? Ten million? Yeah. And then that gets you um, for Vancouver. They'd be getting two Red Wing first round picks, a second round pick, and a third round pick. It almost seems nuts not to put that offer down because uh, if some of these kids are ready to pop like we think they are, woo-wee, there's not a lot of opportunities to get a Pedersen. Um, and if that's Man, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If that's all it would take, I think it'd be nuts to not put an offer in. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to uh, find what exactly that was because I don't want to send anybody off in the wrong direction um, for what those, uh, what you had to give back. I just, oh, God. Yeah, it was like two firsts, a second, and a third. So it was still four draft picks. But Yeah, uh, I think if you only go down first. beneath like the, it's like, it's like the 8 million threshold, something like that. I think then you just do first, second, third. Um, but I, I don't, I can't imagine that's super feasible. And if, if this dude is going to uproot his life and come to Detroit and know that we're going to probably have to figure things out for at least a season and we know he wants to win, we got to sweeten the pot, sweeten that honey pot a little bit 
and uh, probably get it up to 10 mil. So yeah, here, this this was it. the the 10 million uh, was was two first round picks, a second and a third. And that was where we were saying we're outside of the range that Vancouver probably wants to pay Patterson. Uh, but we're also not giving up four first round picks because we you, you right. figure give this a shot. Right. This is this is what I had to keep uh, telling all of our Vancouver fans that now uh, subscribe to us. Um, give this a shot. Throw throw the steel out there. If if Vancouver doesn't bite or or they match, I should say, no harm, no foul. We tried to spend our cash. Boom, uh, it, it didn't work. We still get to play our draft pick game. Uh, but this is the one where you know even if it failed at ten million, it's two years of first round picks, which isn't fun to think about. But think about like trade deadline maneuvers and the guys that move for first round picks now. Um, you give up, you give up a first round pick for some not so great talent. And, um, I mean, at this point too, uh, if you're, if you're slotting in Elias Patterson, even though the war model only showed us up to 87 points, um, in regards to, uh, you know, what our, our point total would be projected to, that's where we get to play that game of like, well, what if, what if more Sire's really good? And then we get two more points and then, uh, you know, Raymond comes and plays and we get two more points and he's really good. So, uh, you know, we, we jump in there real quick and start to make things real interesting. Yeah, but, I uh, mean, the, the next, those two Red Wing first round picks, what you're hoping is to find a Pedersen. You're hoping, right? You're hoping that you, you know, win the ping pong uh, battle and get at the top to draft somebody, you know, that that shiny and, and excellent looking. So instead of hoping and praying that these ping pong balls go your way and that a prospect maybe pans out, you have a guaranteed guy right there. And I don't think two firsts, and then we know the success rate of second and third round picks. Anything past the first round is, you know, talk about gambling. You're you're really playing craps there. So, I mean, those, those picks are not, I don't think that, I think we're overvaluing them. If you could get them for a guaranteed piece like Pedersen, in a position that we desperately need, which would be a top line center. And my God, Larkin could be your second line center. Just say that a few times and try not to salivate. Like how, how incredible that would be. Yeah. And, and playing around with that too, uh, you know, taking out the variables of some of our guys don't have anything to measure their career on or what their war projections would be. Uh, we, we end up, you missed this, but you ended, we ended up coming out with, uh, you know, that third best first line in the league. And then uh, a top 10 second line. Can you imagine that? that? That's some Tampa Bay shit right there. Um, I mean, I guess Tampa Bay kind of runs two first lines. So we're still talking about measuring the second line against other second lines. But, uh, you know, I that's one of those things, too, where if you want to make the argument, um, you know, we, gotta, we have to wait more to collect more guys. Um, you know, eventually we're going to have the Zadinas are going to be in this realm of like where Pedersen's at right now. And you got to make, you, you know, you got to make that decision. Are, are you going to push out the build a little bit more because it turns out these guys didn't work out and we didn't, you know, go for the guy that we can kind of skip development and maybe – Maybe we are wrapping everything into cider, you know, kind of thing. Um, I mean, what if Sedina is a really, really, really good third-line player, but instead we are forced to play him on a first line on a lot of nights? So I just – I just, the Pedersen move would really be like a, a, a real trickle-down uh, mega move, like for other guys to – kind of get third and fourth line and, and really excel. You know, you talk so much about matchups, Matt. 
you mentioned Zadina as your third liner. My God, what if we had enough depth for him to be a fourth liner? Jeez, OP. Uh, that, that'd be a, a pretty, pretty incredible team. Um, and uh, you'd, um, you know, I, I know our new ginger friend was asking about the projection. Woohoo! That's, uh, that's a lot of points coming in, Matt. That'd be uh, pretty exciting, pretty exciting prospect to talk about. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I like uh, I like what you're saying. Um, here's North Moto. If we uh, really have a shot at Elias, you do it. Deal with everything else later. I I like that comment because it really pulls everything in. Where we we said all last season, we had the easiest job of any podcasting team on the Hockey Podcast Network because ultimately we knew we were going to lose a lot. And all the moves we were making were just about making cap room, having flexibility with the roster. And we really don't have anything to stress about as Red Wings yeah. fans. We haven't had anything to stress. We knew we were going to lose. So what are we stressing about? Like every right. now and then we'd have a game where it's like, oh, cool. This would be a fun game to win. And then we blow it in the third period. And that sucks. But you get over that after one sleep. If we pick up Elias Patterson, Mike, we've got stress up the yin-yang. We have stuff to talk about on these these podcasts where it's like, what the yeah. fuck were we thinking? Or we say, wow, what a fucking genius move. And right now, right now, we're just kind of, you know, we're punting year after year. I, uh, you know what? This, this is the second time I'm going to have to bring up uh, the National Basketball Association in this podcast, and I apologize. But we talked about Iserman borrowing contract negotiation and setups uh, from what they do in the NBA. If he makes this Pedersen move, that's another NBA move where you just say, uh, there's a mega superstar available. We'll take him and we'll figure out the rest. Does that mean I have to get, you know, some some minimum guys, you know, to, to flesh out the fourth line or, you know, cross my fingers on some kids, but I have a superstar on the first line? Do it. And you know what? Teams like that get a lot of flack. And then those teams, like, you know, Brooklyn Nets or Lakers they just acquire all these superstars and there they are playing for titles. So that yeah. it, I, I think you yeah, figure out the rest we'll, later. We'll yeah. move on. Uh, I have a surprise um, segment because uh, our boy Tristan always coming in with <laughs> um, re- real late. I was ready to wrap up, but I, I got to do, I got to do right by Tristan. Cause he's, he's always here on our live shows. Um, Absolutely. But I, yeah. I wanted to talk about uh, Mitchell Stevens. Cause uh, that was actually a point of conversation in that same show with Jeff Blaschel. And um, this is, this is another one where we kind of pat ourselves on the back or pat Eiserman on the back. I guess we're, we don't get any credit for it, but uh, this move to pick up Mitchell Stevens uh, like seems to, be like there's a lot more thought into this than I than uh, as as Tristan's saying too than I than I had originally given any credit to is is making that match for the loss of Luke Clendenning. But uh, what was also brought up in the show was that this is a guy who made a fourth line spot on the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? So this is this is a guy who, um, I, I guess making that relation back to all right, you look at those first two lines for Tampa, just a couple of you know, this, that second line could easily play on the first line and they, they'd be okay. Um, so you talk about how loaded they are forward wise on uh, the last season. And this is a guy, this is a cat who they said, yep, this guy needs to be out there as we go for another Stanley cup, as we try and earn enough points to get into a, a playoff position while Kucherov is out. And of course that was a lot easier said than done. Um, I, I really, 
first of all, Tristan, thank you for bringing this up because I, I thought that was a really interesting point in the, the Word on Woodward show today. And I think, uh, you know, as, as we continue, actually, North Bodo is really excited about it, too. Um, that That's something I think we'll at least be looking at once we're like a month into the season going, man, this guy's really reliable. This guy's really like, you know, he's, he's cutting his teeth. This, this is something that I think what had happened, I kind of just said, okay, we're filling out a roster. We lost Luke. I guess we got to put somebody in there and give somebody a shot. And uh, Jeff even brought up like Chase Pearson getting, uh, getting into that slot. And he said, you know, Chase wants to get in here. He's, he's the young guy. He's got to earn it. We have guys now. And he was talking about Mitchell that have already earned a spot elsewhere. So as far as I'm concerned with that comment, Mitchell has the spot and Chase has to play his nuts off to get it. And I, I think that's that's not necessarily a slight to Chase. That's more or less just this was a more important pickup than I gave it any credit to. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see him. I, I don't have a lot of uh, tape on him. Um, I, I just I know he kind of had a lower body injury, which usually means groin in hockey. Um <laughs> It's usually related to, you know, a grain polar tear. And, um, you know, he's definitely going to get opportunities playing with us um, on that fourth line. And we absolutely could use his speed, um, especially, you know, we, we talk tongue-in-cheek and give Darren Helm a lot of grief. But um, that speed was an asset um, when he was at his best. So, you know, if, if Stevens can kind of bring that and definitely have a, a lot more youth, um, you know, compared to, to Darren, and, and, you know, in 2021 – I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, I'm, I'm pumped to see this and uh, see Mitchell. And uh, I think the, I don't think the expectations are going to be very high for him. So that's usually a good spot for you to, uh, you know, kind of build the confidence and, and show your worth. So I'm, I'm pumped for that acquisition as well. Well, yeah, he's not going to beat Luke Glendening in the, uh, the face-off dot. So uh, nope, nobody <laughs> can touch those numbers, uh, but uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I do. It is kind of funny that the analytics community is really pushing away uh, the the value of a face off. And I'm not even I'm not poo pooing that comment. I'm actually just that that seems to be the trend we're going in right now. And it's it's all about more of the things that Mitchell can do on the ice. So lose all your face offs, but uh, get the puck out of the zone and enter the other zone and have some success in the neutral zone. It's it seems to be. Um, I mean, how many times did we bring up Luke Glendening and he was always leading the team and Corsi against? Um, and we made the argument that he was starting in the defensive zone, but really, you got to limit that stuff. You know, you got to get the puck out. You sure you can have those excuses and you can try and win a faceoff, but that means immediately we would win a faceoff and turn the puck over if we're going to analyze it off the top of our heads through statistics. That's basically what that means. Um, so. <laughs> I, yeah, if if you're gonna win the faceoff and immediately turn it over, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to hope that Mitchell's uh, <laughs> gonna be on the ice too. And uh, I, I'm more excited about this uh, than I was uh, yesterday. But um, yeah, with that, Mike, um, I think we're gonna sail off into the sunset. We still managed to go 43 minutes, despite me saying this one's gonna be a quickie. Uh, but everybody, thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed, uh, kicked up the production value at Teensy Bit. And let us know what you thought about the uh, the new opening. A lot of people were complaining about the old one. So um, I know Mike and I really love the old one. We're going to miss it. But this new one's shorter. It's got it's got rock music. Woo! Rock! <laughs> uh, so yeah, let us, know, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, and uh, yeah, you guys have a good one. <laughs>